You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Day two of a crazy week that is coming. How are you today, Bruce? Yeah, healthy alive. Uh, uh, like I say, it's a good place to start. Things are interesting in the world. Interesting. I, I just put a poll up, and the question I asked was, do you believe civil unrest is coming? Do you think it's coming? Um, I guess tis, my question would have to be tis define, the season. Civil, okay. define civil unrest. A year ago. Mm-hmm. So more riots? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure, I could see more riots happening. We're primed. We're, we're primed yeah. in the U.S. for it. Yeah, I mean, Chauvin, right? We got the uh, George Floyd stuff mm-hmm. going on now, the trial. Um, depending on how that trial, go- trial goes. Personally, I, I think that trial is going to, is rigged. And I think Chauvin is going to go and pr- he's going to go to prison for something because I think the jurors are too afraid for their own lives and their own homes and whatnot. They're afraid that the rioters will go down and go in and burn their house down, which, yeah. I, I, I think is accurate. Do you think that because I also heard this argument, too, right? First of all, the dude, new evidence has come out about the toxicology report. There was enough fentanyl in this guy's system to kill three people. So here, here's the thing. Do you have riots if they do convict as well? Possibly, yeah. And, and by that, I mean, it's not good enough. Uh, he may get convicted and go to prison for a few years, you know, just a slap on the wrist effectively. Mm-hmm. And which... For him, it's not going to be a slap on the wrist because he goes to prison. I mean, the dude may not make it out in all honesty, but not from age or anything to to put a finer point on it. I would say one of the inmates would probably kill him. But if it's not execution, yeah. And then also, um, uh, if there's not some kind of payout, which there already was a payout, and that was before there was even a trial. Yeah. How on um, earth do you do? How, how do you give a payout? It was $27 million. How do you give a payout of $27 million to someone that died of an overdose? Yeah. Also, don't forget, um, there was that $27 million. There was also the, what, 11 or $14 million in the... Um, um, was the, the, the God, I, I have GoFundMe in my brain, but I, that's not it. I don't think well, there could have been a GoFundMe. Uh, anyway, go the, the, there was a GoFundMe that was started shortly thereafter, and they made over eleven million. Uh, I don't remember the exact number. So they 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 got that on top of the payout from the government. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they yeah, okay. So they did like the the funneling. The usuals did like the funneling. You know, BLM Act Blue and all that did the funneling of the the funds. Yeah. Okay. Usually how it goes. Well, so, I mean, I, I, it went straight through GoFundMe. Uh, I don't think Act Blue or mm-hmm. any of them were well, no, involved. They if, were involved with the riots. But um, if Act Blue wants to, yeah, but Act Blue was involved with the riots that were involved with those other groups that took up this cause, is, is what yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. Yeah. you can't tell me that they don't have their hands on some of that money somewhere. Yeah. Um, and they were claiming um, that those donations were supposed to go to help those communities and whatnot. And um, how, uh, where, where, where's Burning the, down um, the communities and then you collect money to go to the communities? How much yeah, sense does that I mean, make? You know how they, they, they tend to complain about gentrification and whatnot and, and causing prices to oh, rise in neighborhoods and whatnot. I'm so sick of it. I'm so tired yeah, of it. Like, I, I'm tired I, of I, it as soon as they said it. I agree. 
But keep in mind, they went in and burned their own neighborhoods down. And what does that do to the other communities? That makes those communities go up because people are trying to get out. And when the supply and demand, when there's a more demand and less supply, you're going to cause the prices to skyrocket in those locations. So in a roundabout way, they cause their own gentrification again. Civil unrest, right? It's in the cards. We know that it's coming, right? It, one way or the other, whether it's this or something else, we know that it's coming. We knew that they were going to try and push this back until this time. And now it's right up into the warm weather. See, people won't go out there and riot and burn things down and loot in the middle of winter in the northern states. They're not going to do it because it's too cold. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's too cold. You're going to go out there and, and try and run off with a, uh, a flat screen TV, a 55 inch flat screen TV in the freezing cold when it's minus 15 <laughs> out there. It's not going to happen. Freezing, freezing cold in the foot of snow. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're not yeah, going to. Gonna, hey, you're not going to make it very far. So, yeah, you can't do that. But I think you'll have the core group here start up something, right? One way or the other. I think you're going to have the core group there start up something. And let's not forget what's going on in Minneapolis already. The autonomous zone in Minneapolis that's literally hell on earth, that's there too, that no one's talking about. So I think there's going to be a... Wasn't that carjacking just a few blocks away from that? I think so. Yeah, or like a so. block away and they yeah. killed a guy. The teens yeah. killed uh, the driver. The teens, Uber. yeah. Uber, Uber Eats. It was Uber they driver. Were, they were they were like 13, 14, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 14, 15, they yeah. they killed the driver in cold blood, a Pakistani American who's literally like he's an Uber driver. His car yeah. is also his income. How does that help immigrant communities? How does that help them? Yeah, and we're all about the immigrants now, right? Right. With the it's unbelievable. And everything and, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And the only thing that like how degraded of a society have we become when you have 13 year old kids that go out and kill someone in cold blood on a street corner. And the only thing they give a damn about is whether or not they forgot their smartphone. Uh, take a I'm, I'm going to and play the identity uh, politics card. Take a wild guess which um, race they were. Oh, I don't even want to. You know what? I don't even want to go that way with it. I don't care. Uh huh. Well, that's you guessed. I, I personally, I, I know that I know that's the card the media is playing. But honestly, I, I don't care because someone was killed. An innocent person was killed. So I don't the care. The media is not playing it. The media is not pointing out the, the, the race of the, the teens. That's my point. They're playing the game without yeah, playing yeah, the yeah. game. Yeah. Well, they so. play the game when it's a when it's it fits their mm-hmm. narrative. Mm-hmm. But once it goes against their narrative and points out the failings, keep in mind, I'm not pointing that out because it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be racist or any of that kind of stuff or, or playing the same game they are. I'm pointing it out because that community has been it has been destroyed. And it's largely because of, of uh, the, the political class has enacted laws or systems and that basically, well, welfare that is. Um, caused them to, uh, I guess it social engineered them into the position they're in. Uh, basically, that'd, that'd be the simplest way to put it. Um, and it's just, it, you're, you're seeing the side effects of it. The, it's just exasperating the problem. All right. Uh, before we get too, too far down into that, but yeah, I, I, believe, I believe social unrest is coming. I, I really do believe that. Or civil unrest, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I, I do believe it's coming yeah. because you're going to have the core group go out there and agitate and you're going to have a bunch of opportunists jump in there because they think it's cool to go out there and loot and steal and smash up businesses and drive Audis through storefronts, stolen Audis through storefronts. That's fine. You're going to see it all again. Yeah, you're starting to reopen your businesses. You're starting to see states that are going to uh, reopen the states, drop the mask mandate and all the rest of it. And what's going to be fair, we're, we're already seeing civil unrest technically in, in Miami. Those uh, spring breakers yeah. have gone a little bit more aggressive yeah, that's, than are starting that's, to riot. Okay, all right. That's spring breakers. Yeah, I could I could chalk that up to, you know. Uh, yeah, but they're more violent than they usually are. They're, they're being more rowdy than usual. 
you've locked him down for a year. What do you expect out of him? You know, same well, thing here. No, you locked him down a year and didn't do anything to the riots last year. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to do anything to the ones this time either. The police are the police have been caught all over the cities, all across the U.S. They've all been cut. You've got lockdown fatigue that's set in, and now you're going to have this triggered. And you know something? They're not going to say word one about COVID or, or coronavirus or, or super spreader events or anything like that, just like they didn't last time. So here's what's uh, going on. Here's what's going on. They're doing on. it in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're hanging on to that one for all it's worth. They're milking that. No one's buying it. Right. Case in point, we'll talk about Texas today, too. They opened up 100 percent two weeks ago. Well, it's been two weeks. Where are the bodies? Where, where are the where are the piles of and mountains and mountains of dead people? Where are they? They're not there. Where are the overrun <laughs> no. hospitals? They're not there. Uh, well, that, I mean, they're being overrun, but not with dead people. Uh, right. OK. Yeah. Overrun. Yeah. yeah. The thing I was kind of uh, hinting at here is you've got you've got a tinderbox. You have lockdown fatigue. You've got the trial of George Floyd or the trial of George Floyd's uh, supposed killer that's going to be used as a trigger. That's my opinion, right? I think it's going to be used as a trigger. You've got Biden out there pleading with people to reinstate all the lockdown measures, reinstate all the mask mandates, reinstate all the uh, all the stupid, you know, do nothing policies for your businesses, all the rest of it. And when you don't do what you're told, they're going to burn your neighborhoods down again, just like they did last time. When you didn't do what you were told, 14 days to flatten the curve. You remember that? When you didn't do what you were told, when you didn't stay home, when you showed up at the mayor's offices, when you showed up at the governor's mansion, when you showed up at the state houses and you protested lockdowns, they burned your neighborhoods to the ground and they're going to do it again because they're going to try and make you submit. It didn't work the first time. It's not going to work this time. But this well, is why I say this is why I say the civil unrest is coming because people aren't doing what they're told. I think at the same time, I think the civil unrest might actually have a better um, better chance of, of affecting change this time. And by that, I mean, so my suspicion with allowing some of the civil unrest to happen, um, it was successful in, in triggering a quote unquote right wing. Uh, insurrection. It did. Um, you did have a group of people that went out could and we, thought hold on. they could stop. I, a second. I no, Can no, we no, no, stop no. calling this an insurrection? I'm, I'm using their rhetoric. I'm using okay. their rhetoric. I'm, right. I'm coming from their point of view. Okay. Okay. So you you triggered that. So now they're hoping that if there's more unrest, uh, maybe it'll trigger more right wing insurrectionists. And they will have that enemy they need for the struggle. So it, it, it's possible that the civil unrest is just to try to get fighting in the streets, basically. They need the fighting in the streets. They do need yes. that. Yeah, that, that is part of the agenda. They need that other opposing view and they don't have it. This doesn't work if they don't have it. And they know that they're failing at it at this point because they don't have that other group. You notice that they tried to milk that January 6th event at the Capitol for all it was worth and it stopped because there's nothing else they can do with it. There's no response coming from anywhere. So they can't do anything else with it. So now they, you know, to avoid being complete idiots, as if they already weren't complete idiots, <laughs> to avoid that, they left it alone. They moved on, right? They went to the immediately to the spending bills, right? So now they're just going to bankrupt you. They're trying to go back to COVID now, though. 
They're they're trying to pull the COVID yeah. narrative and are saying, oh, the the spikes are happening again. We're going into no, the fourth no wave. There's and- no spikes. There was no there's no fourth wave. There's no second. There's not hell. There was no second wave. I said the second wave was the cold and flu season. That's all they did. They played the cold and flu season. They played that card. Thirty eight million cases of the flu in in the United States between 2019 and 2020. Eighteen hundred and twenty two between 2020 and 2021. The second wave was the cold and flu season. I said it a year ago. Let's talk about Joe Biden for a minute. Did you see the speech at all? I, I got a 90 second clip here just of that because it went on for a while. This I've is only painful. seen transcripts. This yeah. is painful. This is painful. Uh, let's let's just get right to it and then we'll we'll talk about it. This was bad. The uh, the stumbling and yeah. It, well, anyway, it it speaks for itself. Let's uh, let's just hear it. I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mass mandate. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously, precisely what got us in this mess in the first place, risk more cases and more deaths, deaths. Look, as I do my part to accelerate the vaccine distribution and vaccinations, I need the American people to do their part as well. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. It's the huh. only way we ever get back to normal, to cheer together in stadiums full of fans, to gather together on holidays again safely, go to graduations, weddings. Third, I announced on March 11th, I direct every state, territory, and tribe to open up their vaccinations to all adults no later than May 1. I issued that order because moving beyond priority groups to enable all adults to get vaccinated is critical to having a July 4th as closer to normal. Okay. Do, um, do you want to do you want to start with that one? Yeah. So uh, uh, horrible, horrible. Sounded bad. He he sounds like he has no energy in that deliverance. I'm, uh, I'm sad to say. It sounds like um, he just rolled out of bed. It, it does. Uh, it's uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's unfortunate. I hate seeing that. Uh, at the same time, the stuff he's saying in there. Do you know which states are um, you know holding back on the vaccine on you know adults, for Red example? What, I'm just guessing here. Oh, yeah. All the red states are um, vaccinating anybody that wants it. Um, Places like um, New York under Cuomo, where they lost 66% of their vaccines because they um, expired, they didn't use them, um, was because they enacted policies to only vaccinate minority groups first. Think about what he's saying here. He's saying, if you do this... And please, I'm begging with you, just like he did on that that ridiculous uh, speech or conference. Yeah, it's not political. Please Uh give me a break. The mere fact I don't care if it's Joe Biden. I don't care if it's George Bush. I don't care if it's Barack Obama or Bill Clinton. Any one of these jokers has been in there for the last 30 years. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. If Donald Trump was up there telling me to take a vaccine, I would say absolutely not. Absolutely not. The, the thing is, if this were a real virus, if this was something that really was going to kill us all, you wouldn't have to tell anyone to take a virus or, or a, vaccine. a vaccine. You wouldn't have to tell anyone to take a vaccine. <laughs> President Biden, have you, have yeah, you decided sorry. to join us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking of RNA and, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's more of a I, virus I than a vaccine. Anyway, um, I, 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 I just think if, if this were true and it was real, you wouldn't have people afraid of uh, the vaccine. You would have people wearing masks. You would have people not looking to start a fight and getting in your face because you're not wearing a mask. If you were really, truly terrified of this virus, 
you would be backing away. Instead of instead, it's all a virtue signal. It's all your talisman. It's all your little say, uh, security blanket, and you're using it to uh, really you're you're it's causing tribalism, and that is your talisman. That's your uh, I don't I don't know what to call it. It's your identifier that you're a part of the tribe. And when someone else isn't a part of the same tribe as you, you have to attack them and assault them. Show me research that shows that the masks are are effective. Give me papers on that. There are none because the virus is too small for the masks to stop. There is no research that says a mask will stop the SARS-CoV-2 virus. It will not. So and the especially research papers. The, the cloth ones, you know, the, the blue and white ones, Mm-hmm. It's 10 microns. That's the greatest yep. they will stop. 10 microns. The virus is 0.01. The, the math doesn't work out. And the uh, the the other thing is, is, where's all this PPE coming from? Where's it coming from? Where's the majority of it coming from? Have you seen any masks that say made in USA lately? You seen any masks that say made in France, made in Germany, made in the UK? Uh-uh. Because they're all made in China. Now think about that. Just think about that aspect alone. You know, he's also saying there, please, if you do this, I'm trying to in my, you know, my, my, yeah, he probably just woke up from a nap off the couch. Right. 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 So please, if you do this, then we can go back to cheering in stadiums. Well, you're going to need a COVID pass for that. You're working with corporations to get that done. So why do you need a mask for that, sir? Why, Why are you calling for people to do that? Because according to what you're putting together on the side, which we've read about, we, we talked about it yesterday. You're working with corporations to develop COVID ID passports. So there's that. He's also saying, well, uh, if we open up, I- I'm ordering all states to open up uh, vaccines to everyone beginning on May 1, right? Isn't that what he said? He's ordering all states and territories and tribes and all the rest of it. Do you know why they're opening it up? Because people aren't taking them. That's why they're opening it up. Have you well, heard what? anything about ramped up production? I haven't. Well, they they, they say, the, the administration says they're going to they're shooting for 200 million now uh, vaccines instead of the uh-huh. 100 million that was the original uh-huh. Trump era, which they met that as they took office, as Biden took office, they were already doing 100 million. So a million or excuse me, a million, but they were already on track to do the 100 million. 100 yes. million. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was no big feat for them to say, but I don't well, believe we're, the we're numbers to do 100 million. I don't believe the numbers. I, I don't believe the numbers. These are the same um, people that told us that the hospitals were overrun. These are the same people that told us that the cases were off the charts when 97% of them were false positives. In all countries, in all countries, I'm not picking on the U.S. alone here, in all countries, I don't believe these vaccine numbers. I don't. You know, I haven't seen a single, I haven't seen a single mass vaccination center anywhere around here where I am, anywhere. And I live right in the middle of one, two, three, four, four or five major cities. There's nothing. But... But the numbers that we're hearing, they're not numbers on how many people have taken the vaccine. It's how many vaccines are available. There's a big difference. That's a good point. That's a good point. That that is a good point because they, I, because I don't think they can sell the numbers of the people taking the vaccines. I don't think people no. are taking them. Well, even I, I don't even think legally they can tell the numbers because that's supposed that would that would be a violation of Hippocratic laws. Like they don't that information that. is nuts. I know they don't, but I think they're a little they're politically aware enough. That there CNN. would be some lawsuits. CNN. They were doing that. You know how they had the counters on the side? CNN actually had number of vaccinations administered in the U.S. OK, uh, well, maybe they are. But again, I don't buy those numbers. I, I don't buy those numbers. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, no, um, I actually do believe there's 100 million people that took the vaccine. 
Well, okay, because I did talk to a couple of people who who did take it, and it's oh, it's really sad. It's rarer for you to hear of someone that's not willing to take the vaccine than it is to hear of someone that wants to take the vaccine or has taken the vaccine. All the all the various mediums that I listen to um, for entertainment, they're all talking about, oh, I'm going to get my vaccine today, or oh, I've got mine scheduled, or oh, I just had mine, or oh, it's like, um, first of all, well, I'm here for the entertainment. I-, I don't care. Yeah, you and I were sitting down with someone a couple of weeks ago, and the person that was speaking with us said, uh, I'm assuming that uh, everyone in here has already been vaccinated, and we're just kind of like looking at each other and we're like, no, uh, wh- why would we even consider that? Yeah, well, and m- my family, the older generations have all taken it already, so. Okay, yesterday we talked about Fauci and uh, this, uh, or well, his involvement in the areas of Wuhan, right? Getting that research transferred to the uh, the Chinese, to that lab in Wuhan. Well, we also talked about the World Health Organization investigator, Peter Daszak. We also talked about him. Did you th- think for one minute that there might be some kind of a, of a connection between him and Fauci? After all, Peter Daszak did make sure that that $600,000 was transferred from the National Institute of Health to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He, he did make sure of that. So it stands to reason that somehow or another, he and Fauci might know each other. You would think, right? You would think that. I mean, one can conclude that. Yeah, just uh, just common sense would tell you that. Peter Daszak has a long-standing relationship with Dr. Fauci that we've now learned. A long-standing relationship. Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance, which collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on coronavirus-related research hosted Dr. Anthony Fauci for several speeches. He hosted him. Yeah. He That's was, an NGO, the by the way. Yeah, it is an NGO. And, and Fauci gets paid, what? Is it $32,000? Did you say it was like 30? It was like 30 grand for a, a speech at a, at a dinner, like a private dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was, uh, was that the low end or was it the average? I don't remember. Could have been. It, it gave a range and I don't remember exactly what the range was. 30000 to speak at a dinner. Man, that's that's like Bill Clinton money. Yeah, that's like Bill Clinton private speech money. <laughs> well, well, Bill, Bill Clinton's private speech money is like 400000 That's true. But how many speeches does it, does Fauci do in a year? Clinton might get one speech a year. True. Uh, I don't know how many he does. I mean, uh, he's a government official, right? So clearly he has plenty of time on his hands to go and... Um, well, I don't know, Bruce. He's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of interviews in front of all these media cameras. He's got a lot of lot of interviews. So, oh, and he's lapping up that attention, man. Oh, he is. He is. And you know, he keeps. I think he keeps flip flopping to stay relevant and hide his own guilt and all this. That's just my opinion. But <laughs> well, I don't even think it's to hide his own guilt. Is to fit the current narrative so that he can be on television. Well, that's true. He is this. What was it? GQ magazine had him as the sexiest man alive on their, yeah, their something cover. Like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been. It was one of those. He was out there next to his next to his pool with his smartwatch and his Gucci shoes and his glasses. It was disgusting. His his sunglasses. Oh, come on. Yeah. I've got a picture right here. I'm looking at a picture right here. Look, look at this picture of the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci with the World Health Organization investigator and head of the Eco Health Alliance. Peter Daszak. This was found on problematic. No, that's not a problem. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I thought this would be a good follow up from what we did yesterday. So a 2016 tweet that has this photo also contained the hashtag EHA event, which is EcoHealth Alliance event, which coincides with three other tweets from the same day referencing an event where Dr. Fauci spoke about the Zika virus 
At the time, Dr. Fauci was head of the National Institute of, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which he still is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a title he still holds in addition to chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden. And I believe he's also in that position. He also liaisons with uh, the World Health Organization, of I'm which I'm sure that he <laughs> he coordinates his efforts with this gentleman. Small world. A small world, yes. As a matter of fact, I heard Fauci. I wish I had the audio of it. Uh, I heard Fauci testifying to uh, uh, to uh, the Senate subcommittee, and it was the senator from Oregon who was asking him the question. And he said, Dr. Fauci, how long does it take to develop a vaccine? And he's without hesitation. And it wasn't edited or anything. It was live. Without hesitation, he said, seven years, seven years. And he says, which vaccine, in your opinion, because he's been there for 40 years in the same position, in your opinion, Dr. Fauci, which vaccine has been the most effective during your tenure as head of the NIH? And he said, Zika. It's been the most effective. Now, we're talking about a Zika event here. One of the tweets reads, thanks to everyone who joined us last night in D.C. for our Zika talk. And special thanks to Dr. Fauci for a terrific presentation. Oh, yes, of which he was paid handsomely for, I'm sure. Dr. Fauci demonstrated perfectly why it's so important to put more resources toward disease prevention efforts. Do you know what the efficacy of the Zika vaccine is, by the way? What is it? 60%. 60%. To be honest with you, that's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, that's that's a better chance. So the the thing is, is if it produces antibodies or it it mitigates the you know side effects of Zika, then you know that's great. Yeah, I'm like like we said, we're not against vaccines. We're against the people behind this current vaccine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not actually a vaccine. That's the right, other the thing. Therapeutic. Yeah. The March thirtieth event. Uh, a Zika, Zika virus, a pandemic in progress was the name of it, counted Peter Daszak as the primary presenter and Dr. Fauci as a special guest, according to the invitation. And the invitation just so happens to be here. The presenters were, of course, Peter Daszak, who is the president and disease ecologist of the EcoHealth Alliance. And then, of course, you had the special guest, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Now, after these two presentations, there was a cocktail reception and then another presentation from seven to eight. And then, of course, they had a Q&A and a follow up discussion. The EcoHealth Alliance website also reveals the organization hosted an event, a special free screening on November 15th of 2016. By the way, that's about the, to the almost to the, the day, almost to the day. One year prior is when they transferred that gain of function research, these two guys, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Um, a little bit of fun for you real quick. Uh, this, if you look at the invitation there, uh, it says it's at the Cosmos Club. The uh, Cosmos, Cosmos Club? Club? Yeah, Cosmos Club in Washington, uh-huh. D.C. So I, yeah. I Googled that real quick. I was, um, uh, if you look at the pictures from that, we have to cancel everyone that attended any of the parties there because that is a uh, colonistic location. If you look at the oh, pictures there. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So you're, you're pulling an AOC, something about cauliflower. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It promotes yeah. colonialism. Gotcha. Colonialism. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So another link that was dated to 2016 containing the following picture of Dr. Fauci has been scrubbed from the EcoHealth site, prompting users with a 403 forbidden message. Bruce, what's a 403 forbidden message? When you go to a website and it gives you that, what does that do? I know what 404 is. What's a 403? 403, I think, is where you're blocked. Let me, let me, you you don't have permission, I think is what it is. But let me, let me make sure. Now, why would they hide that behind there? Yeah. Yeah. So basically what it means is the server understood the request, but you do not have permission. 
basically. Interesting. Okay, so the EcoHealth site, if you go to try to find anything on Dr. Fauci there, you're blocked with a 403 forbidden message. Huh. Yeah. So basically, you would have to have like administrative access or, uh, you know, the correct login or something like that to hmm. to access something like that is my understanding. Hmm. Well, that's not very nice now, is it? That's not very transparent. Now, here's the interesting part, which we covered yesterday. Right. So now this is this is all starting to come out. Something about the truth. It always seems to come out whenever there's this kind of dirt that goes on between high level government people and international organizations always happens that way. It, it always comes out when people are curious and look as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But those of us that were talking about it 12 months ago, no one wanted to hear it. Everyone was too caught up in the hysteria. Now they're listening because we're so far down into this mess. If we had known this 12 months ago, if we had actually brought this to the forefront like we did 12 months ago, if all the mainstream media, if they wanted to save any face or anything, then we could have stopped it dead in its tracks and we wouldn't be in this position, would we? We'd be having these people sitting in orange jumpsuits naming the names of their bosses. I would. OK, I would hope so. But we both know our justice system is not fully up to par right now. <laughs> that is true. I'll, I'll give you that one. But yeah, see, here's the other thing. You know, like I said, I got no problem going out and arresting these people. I don't care. Give me a team of guys. We'll go hook these people up and bring them in because everyone else seems to be too damn scared to do it. I got no problem bringing these people in, but I can't prosecute them. Find me a justice system in some country somewhere that will prosecute these people. Is that so much to ask? The unearthed relationship between Dr. Fauci and Dr. Daszak an EcoHealth Alliance is sure to complicate the fact that the National Institute of Health sent millions of taxpayer dollars to fund EcoHealth's research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Despite criticisms prompting the NIH to withdraw federal funding from the group, the NIH reinstated a $7.5 million grant to the group in August of 2020. Well, that's not a problem. Now, what kind of research did they do? Well, we already know they, they already did the research on the gain of function. They already did the, the coronavirus bat research. That we know. The type of research conducted by the group in tandem with the Wuhan Institute of Virology prompted concern among NIH officials for its role in COVID-related research, as outlined by the NIH's deputy director of extramural research, Dr. Michael Lauer. Boy, this is just getting more interesting, isn't it? Uh, so are we going to see COVID take two? Are we going to see a different one come out of that laboratory now since they're giving them more grants and doing more research? Don't know. They already have the, you know, they already have the gain of function stuff they need. So the Chinese couldn't develop that. There's no way. That's why we gave I it mean, to them. I mean, they, the they, they might have been able to. They might have been able to eventually. but Eventually, but not now. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't there yet. Dr. Lauer announced the suspension of NIH grants to the group, which saw its studies engineered the highly specific doorway into the human body as COVID-19. As a response, it is our understanding, um, this is a quote from Dr. Lauer, it is our understanding that one of the sub-recipients of the grant funds is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It is our understanding that the Wuhan Institute of Virology studies interactions between coronaviruses and bats. The scientific community believe, now, and I'm curious as to which scientific community he's speaking on, because we have two of them, nearest I can tell. The scientific community believes that the coronavirus causing COVID-19 jumped from bats to humans, likely in Wuhan, where the COVID-19 pandemic began. Of course, 
I don't know why they're even talking about this. Came from a seafood market, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, the pangolin and bat. Yeah, yeah, the pangolin sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, pangolin sandwich. Yeah. There are now allegations that the current crisis was precipitated by the release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology of the coronavirus responsible for COVID nineteen. Given these concerns, we are pursuing the suspension of Wuhan the Wuhan Institute of Virology from participation in federal programs. Why were you doing business with them in the first place? How about you answer that? You couldn't, you couldn't get a more political answer than that right there. Oh, but Biden said this isn't about politics. Yeah, it's not about politics. All right, Texas. All right, let's go to Texas. Two weeks ago, Texas kicked the door open. All right, Greg Abbott kicked the door open and long overdue. The door should have been kicked open after 14 days, but we waited a year for God knows what. But um, they decided to kick the door open. And um, this is what Biden's complaining about. And everyone in the, the news media is complaining about. They said, oh, there's going to be so much death. There's going to be so much uh, strain on the health system. And and everybody's going to. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, as a matter of fact, the case has actually dropped. The, the cases have gone down. They've dropped to a record low in Texas. So explain that one to me. They're, they're hiding the numbers. They're, they're hiding the numbers. Just just like Florida, they're hiding the numbers. See, because Florida just recently, they, they came out and said that Florida had 5,000 more dead that were COVID deaths than were previously reported. And I will say that is accurate, but there's a caveat. If you use the standard that we've been using all of last year in majority of states, true, there's probably 5,000 more that died of COVID or with COVID, not with COVID or COVID complicate or complications from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which uh, they, they weren't. So, yeah. See, Bruce, do you see what happens? You see what happens when you have Neanderthal thinking in a place like Texas? Mm. You see what happens? The cases right. actually go down and the deaths actually drop. Yeah, I got my woman beater club here around here somewhere. I get it with <laughs> me every woman. time I go to Texas. Yeah. yeah. You know something? Do, do you ever hear that? You ever hear the, the phrase, the rule of thumb? Yeah, of course. Okay. And I heard that the reason that this is is because legally, back in the day, you used to be able to beat your wife with a stick as long as it wasn't bigger than your thumb. That is that's um, a long time ago, a long time ago. But yeah. So Greg Abbott opened up on March 10th. Well, it's been 20 days. It's now March 30th. Now, the hysteria if you remember, was off the chart. Biden saying it was Neanderthal thinking. That's why I said Neanderthal thinking. The media said it was going to be mass death all over the place. The hospitals were going to collapse and and Texas was going to get its just due and all that stuff because, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just what's going to happen. That's what was being promoted. So let's look at how much hysteria was going on. Let's look at all the people that weighed in on this. After they announced that they were going to open the doors on March 10th at a 100% capacity, no restrictions, no mask mandates, nothing. Back to normal, no COVID passports, none of that talk, none of it. Free travel and all the rest of it. So let's look at the wave of hysteria that followed right after he announced that on March 10th. Vanity Fair. They reported the news under the he- under a headline which read, Republican governors celebrate COVID anniversary with bold plan to kill another 500,000 Americans. I saw an article out of the Babylon Bee two weeks ago. You know, the satire outfit. Mm. I, I saw mm-hmm. an article out of the Babylon Bee a couple of weeks ago that saying that nine billion people died in Texas as a result of lifting the mask mandate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. California Governor Gavin Newsom asserted that the decision was, quote, absolutely reckless. And of course, you couldn't have a good hysterical moment without the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, of which we just discussed. Dr. Fauci warned that, and I'm quoting, it is just inexplicable why you would want to pull back now. 
Well, we want to pull back now because we want to get rid of scum like you, Dr. Fauci. That's why we want to pull back now. We want to get rid of people like you. Were, were they both at the French Laundry when they said that, made that announcement? Uh, I, it could have been. Yeah. And I think George Lopez was there as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the most disgusting display of it. I, I'm not a fan of TikTok for obvious reasons, but that was the most ridiculous TikTok video I've ever seen. That was awful. Governor of California, you've got Hollywood, for God's sake. That's the best you can do. Oh, Hollywood shut down right now. They're, they're too busy fighting amongst themselves about who's oh, yes. more woke than the other. Yeah, yeah. And they have to wear their masks. Yeah. You hear yeah. Tom Cruise screaming about it. Virus expert Michael Osterholm was telling CNN, and again, I'm quoting, we're walking into the mouth of the monster. We simply are. And of course, you couldn't have a good hysterical moment without Beta O'Rourke, right? The guy that would go on like, I don't know, a vision quest or something in the middle of a campaign for running for president. Or he would have like, uh, he'd be live streaming his uh, his dental appointments, seeing how many push-ups he could do. I mean, the, 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 singing to an empty bar of people, that kind of stuff. Leaving the campaign trail because his daughter's turtle went missing. Yes. Uh, well, that's why he went on the, the vision thing, you know, out in the middle of the backcountry somewhere because it's, yeah, because of that. Beto O'Rourke was hyperventilating. He was literally, he was hyperventilating over the move, saying that it was a big mistake and a cult of death. Hmm. I, I don't, I, I won't say it. That could have been the next president of the United States, Bruce. <laughs> that could, he's, isn't he supposed to be the gun czar? He didn't get his job. Author Kurt Etchenwald accused Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott, of making a murderous decision. And of course, Joe Biden said it was Neanderthal thinking. Now, out of all those claims, right after Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott said he was going to open the state of Texas 100%, no restrictions. Out of all those claims, who was the one that was being hysterical? Who was the one that was being incorrect in their line of thinking? Which one? Now, have any of those people that I named off Vanity Fair, Gavin Newsom of California, Dr. Fauci, Michael Osterholm, Beto O'Rourke, author Etchton, Kurt Eschenwald, Joe Biden, have any of these people admitted fault saying that they were wrong? They're not going to say that. Okay, so let's look at some of these states, right? Free states are faring far better than lockdown states, according to some new data that's out. So let's look at the highest unemployment states at the moment where they have the lockdowns. Louisiana, Hawaii, California, Nevada, New Mexico, Illinois, New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey, and D.C. What do those places have in common? Of course, D.C. is not a state, but what do those places have in common? Oh, well, I mean, the blue states are doing smashingly, right? Because they have the, the strictest lockdowns on uh -huh. uh, because of COVID these are, and everything. These right? places that I just named are the areas that have had the strictest lockdowns and they have the highest level of unemployment. Now, the lowest level of unemployment come from the following states. There are a couple of exceptions in here. Vermont and New Hampshire, right? Those are the exceptions. Florida, Georgia, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Utah, Idaho, and Montana. What do all those states, with the exception of the two that I mentioned, have in common? They're all trying to kill the grandparents. <laughs> Which doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. The national unemployment rate was at 6.2% in February. Yet the just released state level unemployment rates for the last month show the devastation hasn't quite been equal. And I wonder why. Could it be the fact that I just named all those states? The new Labor Department data revealed that many free states... The ones that have been open, the ones that have dropped all the mandates and opened their economies, have returned to nearly their pre-pandemic unemployment rates, while lockdown states dominate the wrong end of that list. So, so clearly let's, those places care more about their economies than the lives of their 
population. Right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody think this is about a pandemic still? So let's look at this, right? The lowest unemployment, the top three with the lowest unemployment, South Dakota, right? Christy Nome, Utah, and Nebraska. South Dakota's at 2.9, Utah's at 3%, Nebraska's at 3.1. The highest unemployment states are Hawaii at a 9.2. Hawaii's been one of the hardest lockdown states. You're an island. You're out in the middle of the Pacific. Keep your economy open, but stop the flights if it's that big of a deal to you. But the place also relies on tourism. Yeah, I was going to say the tourism, they, they, they need that to be open. And they do need the shipments, the goods shipments, oil shipments. You know, you need all that stuff. But hey, you know, very blue state. New York didn't see that one coming, did we? Mm-mm. No, no. New York's still locked down. New York's been closed for a year. Oh, yeah. Fun little... A little side note. I know we're talking COVID, but fun little side note. New York reminded me. Um, they just nominated a um, cop killer to help reform law enforcement. What? It was a cop killer back in 80, what was it, 80 something? Back in the 80s, the kid was like 16. They went and did a- He killed um, a cop at 16. At 16. They they were robbing some place. I, don't, I think it was a bar. The cop was there off duty. He- um, Went to draw his gun and identified himself as a police officer, and the kids shot him in the shoulder. And then um, uh, the the one kid, I forget what his name is, uh, elected to execute him and shot him in the head. God. Uh, He went to prison for 39 years, and he is now out of prison and uh, was elected um, as part of a committee for reforming Uh police Uh enforcement. Yeah, we're, we're doing some great work up there in New York. Unbelievable. New York has one of the highest unemployments in the country at 8.9%. Yeah, the the useless governor up there, I'm not talking about the allegations against him. The man will have his day in court for that. But his ridiculous policies, along with Fauci, are the reason for that. You shut the state down. You're only allowing places to open up at, I think, what are they at now? 15% capacity? I had somebody tell, I was talking to somebody from Boston the other day, not Tavish, somebody else. I was talking to somebody from Boston, somebody I've known for over 10 years. They said, oh yeah, we're open at... uh, we're open at 15% or no, 12%. We're open at 12%. We're getting there. I said, you're getting there? Like like that's some kind of progress? Unbelievable. Connecticut, 8.5%. New England, New England. New Englanders. I know we got a lot of listeners up there. New England. I know you have a lot of old Democrat money up there, but you have to get it through your heads at this point. This is not the Democrat party that represents you anymore. It's not the Democrat party that represents me anymore. I'm a split ticket voter. Always have been, always will be. I vote for someone based on their ideas, what they stand for, not what party they represent. Your visceral hatred for Donald Trump that was promoted and perpetuated by the mainstream media panicked you into this situation that we are now in. So the states that received the biggest flack for um, uh, the lockdowns, excuse me, for you know kicking the lockdowns like Georgia and Florida, both rank in the top 20 for lowest unemployment. Perhaps the only obvious outlier is Texas, which ranks poorly with an unemployment rate of 6.9%. But they took different steps in Texas. They did the lockdowns in Texas. They did the mask mandates in Texas. They did the businesses at capacity in Texas. The other states didn't do that. So I'll give that to Texas. I'll let that one go. But yes, uh, Greg Abbott, as I said, he rolled back all that stuff. Uh, which but far yeah, too long. It's grace, though. He's he's been awful. He's been awful. And I did see that. Um, what's his name? Uh, Chad Prather did kick off his gubernatorial campaign, so he is running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he running. running. Yeah, he's been running for a little while, but yeah, officially, yeah, he, yeah. I, I wasn't gonna. I, I, yeah, I wasn't gonna mention it until he actually kicked it off because he said he was gonna bow out. He says there was somebody else. 
that steps up, I'll walk away. He said that he would back away if there was someone else that was good for the state and for mm-hmm. the people and every in the constitution, he would step down. But yeah, I like his platform, but I don't, I don't think he's going to go anywhere realistically. No, he's a real person. That's why he won't go anywhere. Exactly. He's not, he's not a politician. He's a comedian with a cowboy hat. We can't have that. He's a real Texan. Oh no, we can't have that. No, we can't have that. And, and an entrepreneur. He has a lot of other businesses that he runs as well. No, we can't have that. No, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? No, you need somebody in there that, that will be all hat and no cattle and put their foot up on a bale of hay whenever they do a campaign speech. That's what you need, Bruce. Or or like that guy from New Jersey that donned the cowboy hat once he uh, said he was going to run for, I forget what position it was in Texas, but yeah, he was receiving it. Basically, he's a city slicker that's trying to fit in to the Texas, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The 10 worst states that were hit, the unemployment rates vary from 7 to 9%, but no lower than 7 They include the lockdown happy localities like New York, Governor Cuomo, New Jersey, Phil Murphy, California, Governor Gavin Newsom, Hawaii, don't know the governor out there, Massachusetts, D.C., and Rhode Island. Yeah, one that I'm surprised isn't on the list, but when you go in and look at the facts as to why they're not on the list, uh, it's understandable. Michigan. Michigan is right up there with New York and New Jersey. And the reason that they're not on that list is the local state and or or the state level reps and uh, senators basically, well, even the courts started ruling against her executive orders and, and, and basically removing her emergency powers and started opening the state back up. So in that case, they had the people stand up and uh, forced her hand. And she she had to basically rely on other emergency powers other and, and try to manipulate her way into keeping the, the authority she had. Mm-hmm. We did talk about some of this uh, yesterday. Well, we've been talking about this off and on. Uh, not too much yesterday, but we've been talking about this off and on. COVID passports. Bruce, do you think these are a good thing? Um, do I think it's good that the government's tracking your whereabouts when you and, and controlling when and where you can travel? No, no, I do not. Okay. Um, An L.A. Times journalist, uh, Harry Littman, says that vaccine passports are a good idea. You're already laughing. I'm sorry that I'm I'm laughing at the guy's name. It's already I'm 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 immature. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he says they're a good idea. The vaccine passports, they're, they're a good idea because now listen to this. This is why he says they're a good idea. Not because of covid. His reasoning here, it's not because of covid. He says because they will help the Biden administration break the resistance down. Hmm. He's saying the quiet parts aloud. Pretty much. Now, it's interesting, this guy's background. Take a listen to this. Littman is a former U.S. attorney and deputy assistant attorney general, having been appointed by Bill Clinton and now writes as a legal affairs columnist. Now, we all know what the Clintons have had in this. Yeah, we all know what they've had in this. That's the reason you have contact tracers is because the Clinton Foundation. Can we just like... All the all the Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas, like everybody that's been in the, the, the bureaucracy and their, that was and their foundations in, and their foundations. Yeah, and their foundation. Can can we just have them expelled from Washington and and really really I would say expelled from the country? But that wouldn't be constitutional. We well, just, we don't just have them out. Hold on, man. We don't deport people anymore as enemies of the state. Hmm. No, no, we don't do that anymore. Now, now, what we do is we we take illegals that come across the border ship them off to California, and then send them to in-person learning at the tax dollar's expense while barring 
taxpaying citizens from allowing their kids to go to in-person learning. Well, see, Bruce, if you just get one of these COVID passports, that'll fix everything. You know, every single one of you have a COVID passport as an American. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, well, we have two, actually. I, I do have a COVID passport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just so those that are aware, the Constitution is what I'm referencing. Yeah. And it's funny because if you um, if you look at the U.S. passport, which I'm holding. Yeah, I'm holding my U.S. passport right here. And again, Bruce, you can confirm that this is me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. at the top of this, at the top of this, um, wh- what does that say? Mm. It says we the people. Uh-huh. Yeah, that. Um Hmm. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the... Yeah. So this is all the COVID passport you need right here. That's it. You know, when you you go in and read that, by the way, and and basically we were telling the the king to go F himself. um, When you read the the stuff that they were uh, uh, going through like you you go back to the the previous documents the letters and all that the the interactions they had and and what they actually attempted to do they had gone to the king many times to try to change enact change and the king wouldn't wouldn't hear it and that's they why we had it. the yeah they they, they, they begged for peace they did and it didn't happen and then it, what did they do they took arms took up arms and created their own country and. Here we are fighting the same fight 240 years later. Yeah, that, that's that's what's uh, the government's not listening now. And we you know. didn't really meet the British Concord Bridge to serve tea. And talk. That's true. That's true. We didn't. All right. Back to Mr. Littman here. I'm reading his tweet word for word. He says vaccine passports are a good idea. Among other things, it will single out the still large contingent of people who refuse vaccines who will be foreclosed from doing a lot of things their peers can do. That should help break the resistance down. Now, as I said yesterday, that Biden is working with tech companies now, his administration, rather. I wouldn't say he is, because if you heard the clip we played at the beginning of the podcast, the man doesn't know where he is. His administration is working with tech companies and nonprofits, Clinton Initiative, to create vaccine passports that will, this is the quote from the administration, will play a role in multiple aspects of life. Wow. I really thought, sorry, pulled up the guy's Twitter and went to that tweet we were talking about, mm-hmm. Harry Littman. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that maybe he would be trashed pretty hard. Um, you know, some of the tweets would be like the, the first three are kind of like, mm, they should use, they should be used to deny that unvaccinated from access to any large gathering. You know, that's that's the thing, though. I mean, they're they're working and I wouldn't put it past people to start. Or I wouldn't put it past Twitter to remove any dissenting voices. Case there, in point. There, there have been tweets that have been deleted. I mean, yeah. you can see there this tweet has been deleted. And yeah, uh, but it's I wouldn't put it author, past. But. Yeah, I wouldn't put them past them because look at what YouTube's doing now. Right. We heard today that YouTube is now changing their policy. What's been going on? with YouTube and their dislikes. See, their algorithm bases videos on the likes and dislikes that people put up. So if a video gets a whole bunch of likes, well, then their algorithm is going to push it up in the list. People are going to be able to see that, right? So it'll become a more suggested thing to certain people that are looking for certain things. That's how the algorithms work. However, if a video gets so many dislikes, well, it will drop in the rankings 
and then it will be less likely that it will be seen by someone that is searching for that particular thing. So a video will eventually become delisted if it's not shadow banned, right? So shadow banning is is basically, could you explain shadow banning real quick? Shadow banning is to where you're not officially banned. Um, they're curbing the traffic that um, you're either exposed to or um, is exposed to you. So um, and your, your video, your post, whatever it is, won't be recommended to others. And whereas people that are following you or already subscribed to your content, um, they're not notified of the new content. Um, so it, it basically gets buried. And, uh, you know, Marty's talked about similar on Twitter. He would post something and usually gets X numbers of views. And when he posts something that's contradictory to the, the general idea, he gets a fraction of those views. That That's basically what it is, is they um, put you in a ghetto, a digital ghetto. Yeah. So YouTube has started on the uh, started on a new dislike campaign. They've been on this campaign for a while, to be fair. Um, they received a bunch of flack back in the day. Um, back in 2018, they made the uh, year in rewind or whatever, whatever it's called, uh, YouTube rewind or whatever. And they basically go over pop culture memes other YouTubers, you know, those kind of things. And it's kind of um, the trends over the year. Well, that year they didn't do that. Um, and they received a lot of flack, a lot. The, the highest um, disliked video or, or the, the video that received the most dislikes in YouTube's history is that video. And they, re they, they hit that cap in like a week. So... <laughs> Uh, something like 19 million dislikes is what it's at right now or something like that. So they, they've been on a tirade against the, the whole dislike system for a while. And some of the content that's been coming out of places like the World Economic Forum, for example, you know, Klaus Schwab and his gang of merry men down there in Davos, Switzerland, they get a massive backlash whenever they post something. I mean, the last time they put a video up of, I think it was their conference. I mean, we played maybe like a, what was it, like a minute clip of it here or something. It was disgusting. We couldn't even play it. Uh, talking about how, oh, big government. No, that's that's a good thing. It's here to help you, you know, with a little smiley face. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, you can keep all that. The number of likes they had on a video like that, for example, were about 600. About 600. The number of dislikes were in the tens of thousands. Their dislikes are so massive when they put out content that it actually delists the video. Same thing with... Rightfully so. It, rightfully so. Same thing with Joe Biden. Whenever Joe Biden, the most the most popular president in U.S. history, 81 million people voted for this guy. He can't even get 2000 likes on a video on YouTube. Oh, but you won't see the dislikes with this new system. No, you they, won't. They'll, they'll hide that number. Yeah. They get so many dislikes. Biden gets so many dislikes. The White House account. It's not Biden. It's the account. The White House account gets so many dislikes when they put out something that the videos actually get delisted. Where's the 81 million people? If there's 81 million people that supposedly were too scared to go to the polls, well, then obviously they're living virtually, right? They should be the online digital army that they need. They should be able to muster those kind of numbers whenever they need them. Where are they? YouTube put out this tweet this afternoon. They say, in response to the creator feedback, yeah, creator feedback, yeah, sure. In response to the creator feedback around well-being, yeah, your well-being's hurt when you put out trash and people hate you for it. In response to creator feedback around well-being and targeted dislike campaigns. No, those are not targeted dislike campaigns. Those are people that happen to stumble upon your content when you put it out because people are watching you and watching your agenda and they vote it down because they don't like what they see. That's not a campaign. That's not an organized army of people. 
That's a bunch of people that actually see who you people are. So YouTube say, we're testing a few new designs. Now these are designs, yeah, they're not saying that they're changing their system. They're saying, well, we're testing a few new designs that don't show the public dislike count. Oh, but it still shows the likes, though. Uh, first of all, they're, they're, they're using the excuse that it's because of uh, uh, mental health for the creator, right? That, that's basically what you uh -huh. said there. Uh -huh. um, now, keep in mind that this, this system that they're implementing or testing, the creator, the one that has control of the channel, is still able to see the analytics of the likes and dislikes. So it is no change for the creator. This isn't about the creator. It's about social engineering you the user. That's correct. It's to make you think that what you're seeing is popular. So if you see, I don't know, 2000 people that like a video from the World Economic Forum, but you don't see anybody disliking it, well, that's popular, isn't it? Someone just looking at it with the attention spans that are on average these days, that's what the takeaway would be. So it's what you say. It's a re-engineering of how you perceive things. That's the thing with social media, with all this technology stuff, they have maneuvered society into a position where we live in a world of perception. We don't live in reality and, and in facts anymore. We live in perception. Perception becomes reality in this digital system. And that's what they're doing. It's worse, too, because most of the people that use YouTube are the younger generations, um, the ones that don't have their political foundations and don't have their own really ideologies. Um, they, they haven't really been solidified, if you will. They're, they're in that formation stage. Um, hello? parents like why are you why why are you allowing your kids to do this but yeah you know, uh babysitter youtube right indeed all right we're out of time today we are gonna have to go but uh fascinating as always so we are promoting our telegram channel in the interim so we are uh we're in the process of uh starting to post some more content over there so for those of you who have not signed up to our telegram channel yet get over to telegram get signed up for yourself because there's a lot more to do over there than just talk to people you can follow news feeds uh and do all kinds of things like that you can join chats uh meet like-minded people it's more than just a messaging platform it's also a social network they're gearing everything towards content creators and uh yeah we're uh, we're really taken to it over there. So uh, get signed up to Telegram. Join us when you get over there. Search for us. When you get there, search for Dynamic Independence War Public Channel. We will pop right up. Click join. You'll be subscribed to us there. You get all of our content that we put out and you'll get an exclusive podcast we put out once a week. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com or you can drop a comment to us on one of our posts when we put them up in our Telegram channel or you can join our discussion group. And we're going to be listing something here in the next couple of days to find out whether or not we want to do a Q&A this week. So that is coming. Also, we would ask you to recommend us to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be fantastic as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. That will do it for today. Bruce, thank you for being here. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.